You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hello, villagers! You're listening to episode number 33, another Friday free talk of the Tranquility Tribe podcast. Happy Friday, villagers! We made it another week. Give yourself a high five. Because if you achieve nothing else, you made it to Friday, and that in itself is a success. If you're out there thinking, this week flew by and I don't even know what I accomplished, or I was so busy this week and I can't even tell you one thing that I truly checked off my list, I hear you. I get that, and I totally have been there too. Just making it to the end of the week in my book is a win. Today, I'm super, super excited to share about postpartum care, and more specifically, overnight postpartum care. Postpartum care looks very different for each family. It also looks really different dependent on the doula that you hire. So every doula has her own specific way or their own specific way of doing things. So you can expect that every single doula will be there to take care of your baby um, and, and you. So you and your baby are the number one priority for a doula. Things that will vary will be like some of them might run errands for you. Um, Some of them might do light housework for you. Some may say no housework at all. Some doulas walk your dog and some do not. So these are all questions that you would want to ask if you were interviewing um, a postpartum doula. Your birth doula will probably also do postpartum work. um, And it's something to consider if you might want to go with postpartum work with someone different who might do um, things more of your style. Something I'm always sure to do for and with my clients is um, like early childhood. So like what's happening with your baby, that child development piece. I think that it's super important. Um, And it's also very much my background. So it's almost natural for me to bring this into the conversation. And I find that parents love the information and they also find it fascinating. Um, some parents take it as is when you, you know, when you tell them something, they, they love the information, thank you, and they move on. And then some parents want to go and do their own research and they delve deeper and deeper. And I love to see that as well. Like them taking it in their own hands. Yes, please. That is... That's the end goal here, right, is for everyone to have that piece of early childhood knowledge about what's happening with their baby right now. So every doula is going to do, you know, their care different, but this is the same with birth work as well. So no matter the doula that you choose, it's going to be different. It's kind of like your fingerprint. Everybody does things a little bit differently. 
But in this episode, I'm specifically diving into the overnight care, and this also looks very different. So sometimes it looks like, um, you know, waking and feeding a baby a bottle every two hours. Sometimes it looks like waking and taking the baby in to breastfeed and then bringing the baby out, burping the baby, changing the baby's diaper, putting the baby back to sleep. Um, Lately for me, the last few nights, it has looked like 1 a.m. massages for a breastfeeding um, mama who was having a really sore like neck and shoulder area from breastfeeding. so massages, it can look like so much. In the morning, sometimes it's cooking breakfast, sometimes it's boiling pumping parts. It's really based on what your family needs. So as I've done overnights for kiddos, you know, ranging for, from four hours old to a few months old, usually around six months of age, the overnights kind of drop off. I've learned so, so much, and I kind of have boiled it down to these top, like, four things I would tell people to know about nights with a newborn on your hands. So number one, military-grade sleep deprivation is a real thing. When I do overnights, Holy moly. Sometimes I feel like I'm losing my mind. You just kind of get up and go on autopilot, especially if the child was having a really challenging night and they didn't sleep very much, which means you didn't sleep very much. It is, oh, it's very, very difficult. So you have to think about the safety in this aspect because. You know, have you ever heard that driving sleep-deprived can be compared to drunk driving? So you have to think, if that's how your reactions, reflexes, and clarity is going to be operating, and you have a newborn, mm, you know, maybe you want to consider really trying to get some sleep because safety does play a role in this at some point. You have to think you can only go so long sleep deprived. Eventually you're going to need some sleep or your body is not going to to be functioning. You won't be able to function without sleep forever. So just really consider this sleep deprivation aspect and kind of what you would do about that. So another thing that I learned is single parents or parents who are acting as single parents, so if your spouse is in the military or, you know, medical school or residency or law school or traveling for their job or in a different country, no matter, you know, what, if you are having to do this by yourself, wowzers, you're literally a superhuman. So I leave overnights and For the most part, I usually go home and sleep. Every now and then, I wake up feeling refreshed and I have energy to put towards the beginning of the day. By the afternoon, I would definitely need sleep. Y'all, I am a eight-hour girl, 100%. If I can really get nine or ten hours of sleep, I am golden, but I need a good eight hours of sleep. 
When I travel, it can be a little bit less because I'm running on adrenaline and I'm super happy to be there and be exploring because vacation is just everything to me. But otherwise, I need a lot of sleep. So generally, I go home and sleep after the after the overnight shift. But if I didn't have a partner and I was trying to take care of children and I was having to work, that wouldn't be possible. And I truly don't know how some of you do it. You are so incredible. So number three is, I don't know about y'all, but I take a minute to fall asleep. So I can never just go to bed and fall instantly asleep. I also don't ever just fall asleep on the couch. There's usually a process to this. So I generally, you know, start to get sleepy and then I lay down on the couch and we put on a TV and then I put on a blanket and then I'm all snuggly and warm and I fall asleep. The same thing when I go to bed. So generally I go to bed and I relax my mind and I relax my body and sometimes it takes me a minute to get there to relax enough to go to sleep. I've always wondered how parents were able to just fall asleep instantly. Like my parents could do it. My friends' parents growing up could do it. I always noticed that parents were able to just like go to sleep. And honestly, I thought it was something that happened when you got old. I thought that this was something that happened when you got old and that meant that like you were an adult. Now I know It is because these people have children and you can fall asleep instantly if you have not slept for the last few nights because of this precious tiny human. It can be really crazy hard. So I think you develop this when you have children. And so that is my number three is that you form this ability to fall asleep instantaneously. So Okay, baby's eyes are out, boom, I'm sleeping. Like that is truly what happens. And it's not a conscious thing. It is like finally my brain can shut off for even if it's only 30 or 45 minutes because you are so tired. You know that that 20 or 30 minutes is going to be perfect. Kind of like a I'll take what I can get mentality. So if the baby is sleeping, then you sleep and When baby stirs, you have to wake back up, but take it where you can get it. Number four for me is something that I have gradually realized, and so it's something that I actively try and balance out. But number four is everything is harder when a baby won't stop crying, plus it's dark outside. There is something about the sunlight, yo. Like we need the sunlight. And if it is dreary out during the day, it makes everyone cranky. But things are even worse in the middle of the night. People are groggy. They're coming in and out of sleep. Even when they do sleep, it's not very good sleep generally. You know, this baby is very loud and they have very abrasive cries. So it makes the tension in the room automatically rise. And then you look outside and it's pitch black dark. Things are just always more tense. 
at night when babies won't stop crying. So it's something that I actively work to kind of protect that space and keep that energy in a positive, very calm place. So those are my four. Through discovering all of this, I also discovered something about myself. So when you have a baby, there are different approaches that you can take to overnight care. So you and your partner might decide to do it just the two of you and one of you may take this night and the other may take um, tomorrow night and then you swap off every night. You may swap off every feeding so um, you feed your child this time and they feed them the next time. You may break it up like you're the primary feeder and then once they need to be burped diaper changed your partner does that part, it may look like you take care of all of it right now in the very beginning because that's what you guys have decided. It doesn't really matter what you choose, but I have learned about myself that the incremental sleep, so like the shift taking for me doesn't work. So the like let's swap off feedings does not work for me. I need chunks of sleep so I could swap off evenings. That would be fine. Every other night I get to recharge. That would be totally fine. But I need and I function so much better if I have chunks of time to sleep. So at minimum two hours, it would be lovely if every night you could get five to six hours, you know, and that might require you going to bed as soon as your baby goes to bed around seven, eight, nine in the evening. That might be what that looks like. And that's totally fine. You'll find whatever works for you and your partner and you and your baby. You'll find that. But for me, I 100% need chunks of time. I have learned that the off and on sleep doesn't work for me long term. But chunks of time definitely allows me to feel refreshed enough to function the next day. So to recap, the four things that I have learned from doing overnights is military-grade sleep deprivation is so, so real. Single parents, oh. You guys, total heroes. Parents have this way of falling asleep instantaneously. I used to think it was a sign that you were getting old, and now I just understand it's totally because you have a new baby at home. Finally, everything is harder when a baby will not stop crying, plus it's dark outside. Well, folks, there you have it. Those are the things that I've learned with doing overnight care for teeny tiny babies all the way to kiddos a few months old. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you have things that you've learned that you had no idea was coming your way, I'd love to hear what those are. DM me, PM me, email me. You guys know how to get a hold of me. I'm all over the place. I'm also out of here. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know that you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.